Welcome to The Winner's Edit, a Survivor storyline and editing podcast. I'm your host, Joe. And I'm Dan. What's up? And we are covering the penultimate episode of Season 38, Edge of Extinction, Idol or Bust. And really, like, could you sum it up any better? This was an incredible episode. Like, honestly, like, like I feel like half of Survivor Triple H should have just been titled this. Um, <laughs> like, I guess this season two, you know, like, I guess... So I'm going to tell a story here of on Wednesday night, me and my family sit down on the television and I like set up the TV to just automatically switch to Survivor when it turns on. And I just kind of catch the episode title and I'm like, oh, I see where this is going. Cool. So I only have to like partially check in here. Uh, And it was basically right. So uh, that was, I guess, optimistic on that front. Like the episode title was clear, concise. I'll remember what this episode was. And I mean, I think there's worse Survivor episodes, honestly. Uh, I think... The actual story of how uh, Aurora ends up leaving here, I think, was actually pretty well told. I don't think this was the worst Survivor episode in the world. I do think it speaks to a larger problem with this season of Survivor, but I think this contained episode was actually pretty good. Yeah, I didn't mind the episode as a whole, but it didn't really help for, like, Rick Devins's status in my heart and my mind. But... Yeah, anyone following me on Twitter saw some uh, juicy takes here. Uh, basically, like, I think I've moved to the point where I find Rick kind of insufferable mm-hmm. just as a character, right? Like, I don't think there's... He gets significantly more content than everybody mm-hmm. else by, like, a insane metric. Like, it's not even close. And yeah. to me, I, that's just not the kind of survivor I enjoy, but... I So it, it kind of takes me out of it, and I just find myself kind of eye-rolling, especially with those newscaster mm-hmm. confessionals. But, you know what? He's entertaining, and I do actually like his approach to the game. Uh, before we get into much further, I do think, like, it's important to note this guy is doing the best he can with the cards he's dealt, I think. And I actually like the childish, like, uh, childish approach to the game, you know what I mean? Like, it's a very innocent view of, like, I'm gonna hide behind this tree and jump out at people, and <laughs> it's hard to not like that, I guess. Um... Again, my parents, it's, like, their all-time favorite Survivor player here. And I guess I get it. Like, I I get it. I just, at the end of the day, I think I've, I'm always going to want Survivor to tell bigger, more nuanced, more complex stories than just, this guy's better than everybody else. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, if that's what they're given, it's hard to blame too much on... Eh, I take that back. I have a lot of bad things to say about the edit this season. <laughs> uh, I think this, season, this episode exemplifies that, like... And I, 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 we're going to get into that a little bit later, but I do think as a singular episode, this was pretty well handled as best it could. And yeah. I actually think that Rick Devins' approach at Tribal Council was actually pretty brilliant. Uh, yes. We saw this in Ghost Island with Michael Yerger, and he he plays the fake James Clements idol. And he's like, okay, so I have two idols. Me and somebody else are going to be immune. You guys are going to flip on Bradley. But it doesn't give the other people any incentive to actually flip, right? Like, mm-hmm. if you're in that situation, Kellen, you're like, oh, I know I'm safe, so why wouldn't I stand by my friend? But Rick Devins, I think, does a brilliant addition to that. And I wouldn't be surprised if he saw Ghost Island took this idea from there in the back of his head. It was like, oh, I know how to do that Michael Yerger thing, but better. And he, he does, like, a roulette thing. He's like, we're going to vote two of you. Two votes are on you, so it's going to be majority. Do you want to test fate here? I thought it was brilliant. Like, I really thought that was A-plus survivor play. Yeah. I think it also harkens back to Mike and Shireen. 
Yes. Um, but the one thing I think that is getting on a lot of people's nerves is the way it was phrased as though it was Rick's move when, like, obviously the other four were, or the other three were all voting Aurora already. Do you think they were for sure? I think, mm, I think they'd probably move to it, yeah. And then, it did seem like there was no discussion happening. Yeah. At the tribal, it did seem like there wasn't really any time for them to actually flip that here. But, I mean, we know tribal council actually lasts two hours or whatever, what have you. Uh, so I, w- I wouldn't be surprised if maybe we just didn't see it. But I feel like they would show that. Yeah, I think they want to show live tribals. Be like, ooh, what's happening? And I think we would have definitely saw it because Aurora would have been, like, spooked or stuff mm-hmm. like that. So... I don't think it happened. And I think, if anything, Rick's plays at Tribal Council just sort of cemented that's mm-hmm. what they're doing for the vote. So. Yeah, because I think the interesting wrinkle there is that Aurora was basically like, well, I'm going to call his bluff. We should all call his bluff. And everyone else, I guess, to the public eye was just like, yeah, we're going to call his bluff. I guess trying to dog the idol out of him. Mm-hmm. But I guess the right move there would be probably just vote Julie anyway. But I guess... At this point, Julie's just clearly a goat. Like, they're not even trying to hide yeah. that. She's moved from solid, well-developed character to, oh, anyone can beat her in the end, and she doesn't even get to camera time. So, yeah. This is a really interesting turn for Julie that I think we'll discuss a bit when we get to her. Um, yeah. Just and the way it's turned, so. I wasn't sure whether to bring this up now or later, but I do think before we move on, I just want to say... I read a tweet that was, I think, very exactly what I wanted to say about this season. Oh, I think it is the same tweet I just read before we started recording. Was it it's, David Bloomberg? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm a big, I actually am a big David Bloomberg fan. I think he's got a good view of the game. I, I usually listen to the podcast and all that. But he had a brilliant tweet here, and I think it's basically exemplified exactly what I wanted to talk about when we were planning on recording today, which is this. And I quote, my thoughts on this Survivor Seasons editing. If Rick wins, the show is edited terribly to make it far too obvious. If anybody else wins, the show is edited horribly to hide the actions of that person for no reason in favor of Rick. I added that little extra thing, but either way, there's one thing for certain. This season was edited horribly. And that's, I think, a position that I stand with 100%. I think in previous weeks I've been like, you know what, if this turns into a rise from Lauren or a rise from Victoria or a rise from Julie and we get the... When War Dog dies, the new person emerges. Maybe this could be a captivating story, but we're one episode from the finale. Uh, mm-hmm. Or we are at, like, we're yeah, the finale. We're yeah. at the finale, but you know what I mean. Yeah, I, I gotcha. <laughs> There's no time for that to build. At this point, the season's done, as far as I'm concerned, in terms of the story, right? Yeah, the story at this point should be told. Yeah, I think Edic wise, it's kind of a spoiler, but what I want to say heading off is, like, I think we're going to be pretty solid on. It's Rick Devins. Yeah. Um, with like the idea that if someone else wins, it's just, it's not good. It's like not good enough. Like not enough was put in place to really nail that down. So yeah, on my chart, it's just Rick Devins. That said, I think this, this episode, I think will actually be kind of fun because I think we're going to go through a nuanced discussion of why, in my opinion, this season failed. And I do think that this is a contender for the worst season of all time because of the editing. I think it is unforgivable. I think there's a couple of good episodes in here. I think this actually, this episode 
does stand as a good episode, and I think maybe it seems a little bit hypocritical to say, well, this is a good episode, but to me it solidifies that this is a contender for the bottom five seasons of Survivor ever. But I think those things are not actually in contrast, um, because I think that tweet says it all. At this point, we've seen everybody's arc, and I would say the only person with an arc at this point is Rick Devins of any significance. And I think it would be... I think it's a bad story if he wins, and I think it's an unforgivably horrific story if somebody else wins. I'll be happier if someone else wins, but I agree. It's then why didn't you offer that person more screen time to have the story? Yeah, like there's just no excuse. Like if this is a Victoria win, Victoria deserves a way better winner story. Absolutely. If Lauren wins, she deserves a significantly better For winner sure. story. And if like. The worst case scenario here, I think, is Rick Devins, like, fifth place or something. And then it's mm-hmm. four nobodies in the end, and who cares? Like, And they chose to edit the season around Rick Devins instead of the rest of the cast. Like, mm-hmm. to me, that's the most unforgivable sin, is if they're like, we have, like, say it's an all-female th- final three or something, and the only content we, we get is Rick Devins. Like, that's insulting. Yeah. And I think this is sort of a... Very sour, very dour take. Like, oh, it's recency bias. You're just being super pessimistic. But I think we're just looking at, like, the base facts of it is that it's right now it's so hard to make a case for someone who isn't Rick without thinking of a million flaws that it's just... Yeah, at this point, it's literally, like, it's Rick Devins or it's, like, a Natalie White. You know what I mean? It's an underdeveloped character with no real traits. Yeah. They're more... But I would say visible like, than Natalie White, but barely. You could make at the end of Samoa, like Russell had an argument, Mick had an argument. Um, everyone there sort of had something. Like Natalie, of course, had it. So this just feels like uh, there's like nothing. I mean, there have been some things to them, obviously. That's what we've been talking about all season. But it really feels like the floor has dropped below them, and only one person remains. Yeah, and I think the difference is in. Like, Survivor Samoa, Russell dominated screen time. Like, everybody knows that. That said, Russell was also hard negative the entire season. Like, he wasn't a heroic figure. He was a villain. Sure, yep. Even, like, even somebody who loved Russell could understand why he would lose in the end. That's why there's a debate when he lost. Like, to this day, on Reddit, you go, 50% of people think that he should have won, 50% think he should have lost. I don't really care, but, like... The season, I think, told the convincing story of why he would end up losing. Even, like, you get the Nelly White confessional in episode four being like, I can be- I think I can beat Russell or whatever. Uh, mm-hmm. But, like, that's not the case here. Rick Devins arguably was a negative one time. If he's- if he's Russell, then it just doesn't work. Like, he's a heroic character who's been presented as an underdog that the jury loves. If he doesn't- if he makes the end and doesn't win, and doesn't win in, honestly, a dominating fashion- I feel like we've been lied to all season, and that's even worse. Mm-hmm. Like, you can't tell an audience, like, this person is your hero, they're a heroic person who everyone loves, and then it's just, like, the curtains unravel, and it's like, no, that's actually a horrible person. That's not how storytelling works. It's a, That would be such a cop-out. And at this point, I don't like Rick Devins. He might be one of my least favorite Survivor characters of all time, but I really hope he does win this, because otherwise... It, it's just insulting to whoever actually won. Yeah. And I don't, I don't want that to be the case. 
these people deserve better. This story deserves better. We deserve better. It, it should just be a oh, they were they were handcuffed because this guy just won all the challenges or whatever. Because I get why that would be hard to tell. Like I do. I still think it's you're a million dollar show. Yeah, uh, like millions and millions of dollars are into this show. Uh, millions of people watch this show. I still think even though it's hard to incorporate Edge of Extinction and all these people and somebody who just kind of doesn't play Survivor and gets to the end and wins, I get that's hard. But just because something's hard doesn't mean that it's an excuse for it being bad. So I actually don't have that much sympathy for the Survivor editors. I think they messed up either way, <laughs> which is sad. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh, the one thing I do want to call out, the challenge, the reward challenge had one really cool part in it. That part where you had to throw the ball up on that ramp. That was really cool. I hope we see it again. Yeah, I like that. It seemed a little dangerous. Like you could like twist an ankle real easily on those ropes. Yeah, it looked like Gavin was like <laughs> gonna die. Like it really it looked very painful. Um, but I was all here for it. Like I do like challenges at the end of the day, and Survivor does have good challenges sometimes. And you gotta commend them when they actually do something different, because let's face it, oftentimes they don't. So Yeah. Yeah. So I guess with that said, do we have anything else to say about this actual episode? Just in general thoughts. Not really. It's, yeah. I thought it was a little obvious that Aurora was going. Same. But it was nice to see, like, CPP Aurora. I really grown to like Aurora a ton, and I'm sad to see her go. I guess one thing, I mean, we'll get to that when we talk about her, but one thing this episode did really bad that I guess we maybe could bring up now is just the changed dynamics this season's been doing week to week. Like, Last week, Julie's a threat. This week, she's a goat. Oh, yes. Last yes. week, Aurora's a goat, according to Wardog, according to Ron, according to everybody. All season, they've been telling us, Aurora's a goat that no one likes. And then this season, they're like, if she gets to the end, she's no one could beat Aurora. Her first, her first confessional was, oh, I don't need to worry about doing survival things because Joe will do it for me. And then this episode, she's voted out in part because she's a fire-making threat. So... Yeah, it just makes no sense. Like, it, that's one. That's something that I guess we don't talk about enough. Is this kind of like ping ponging of what this person's character is? Where it's just like they clearly don't have any long term plan for what Aurora's arc is. Like, they yeah. just throw her random confessionals in episode one, which I think is unforgivable because, again, these people are being paid a lot of money to think about these this season for a long time, all the footage, and make the most cohesive story they can. Jeff's a storyteller. How do you end up with Aurora? This is Aurora's arc. It makes no sense at all. Complete ball drop, but whatever. Uh, <laughs> I'm fiery today, I guess. But let's talk here. So obviously on the internet, there's been a lot of backlash here. Yeah, this Jeff. this episode, I mean, it's been rumbling around a bit, but this episode really, I think with the inevitability of Rick seemingly winning, opened a floodgate of like Rick hatred versus Rick adoration yes uh, and you're attacking all different points of each side um the people attacking those who hate rick are saying oh but he's just playing the game the best way he can don't hate on him and you've got the other side just hating partially on the game but also like on who rick is like what he's doing in the game it's just all sorts of things yeah and i think this honestly in many ways, is a bubbling up point because in Modern Survivor, the recent seasons, this is a viable way to play the game, unfortunately. I think there's a lot of pushback from, honestly, people like me, I think people like you, who are kind of upset that 
the social game kind of doesn't matter. Rick can kind of just not bother trying to integrate, not bother trying to strategize. Yeah. And just run around the island looking for an idol. Like, that's a yeah. viable... After Ben Dreberg and after Mike Holloway, that's a viable way to win Survivor. And I think there's a lot of people who are like, but that's not why I like Survivor. And mm-hmm. I don't want somebody to just get every confessional in the episode. Like, I was reading on Unspoiled, and apparently, like, if you were to actually, like stretch this episode out it's like rick got like a seven visibility or something like mm-hmm. like one of the highest visibilities in an episode ever because he's basically the only one who talked and there's a huge pushback to it yeah and like you said there's people who are like rick is the worst ever i tweeted that um <laughs> and then there's people who are like no rick's great he's uh he, why should anyone be upset that he's playing the way he is i guess we're just gonna have a discussion here of like to me, I think it's important to note that whenever I'm talking about this, unless I make it very clear, like, I'm talking about the person, I think there's a massive distinction between the person and the edit. Like, I hate Rick Devon's edit. Like, it's obnoxious. It's horrible. Whatever producer thought that he was captivating enough to give these news reporter confessionals week after week, and then more confessionals, and then beach time running around the island, like, he's not, in my opinion. He's just not that captivating. I don't like it. But that's on the producer. That's not on Rick Devins to me. I think Rick Devins is taking what he can get. Um, there's idols out there. He's finding them. He's playing them. He's playing them to good effect, I think. I can't really hold anything against Rick Devins. That said, I despise him on my television. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I have a similar issue where when I see people attacking or saying, you just don't like Rick because of the game and you should hate the game, not the player, which I don't know if that's backwards from the popular saying or whatever but i also i don't like rick for some of the ways he acts i think he is really he's shown to be obnoxious Mm -hmm. um just and one of the ways this was inconsistent is the way he called julia absolute like liar he loves to lie and now he needs to work with her that was just weird but stuff like that i just don't like rick in that aspect that being said I think on one front, you have to consider there is the edit, but it's also this crazy, not true to life game that they're playing. And it's not an accurate representation of the people really there. And I would say, except for some blatant cases, and I don't have a good example, you can't really fault the person they would be at home. And they're I mean, I think there are some like for me, Ben and Samoa, unforgivably a horrible person. Yes. Rick Devins is not like that. Rick is yeah. maybe a dick, maybe obnoxious, maybe rude. And he, honestly, beyond that, you can see that when people get voted out. Mm-hmm. Like, he calls Ron out, and then Ron and Rick, after Ron's torches snuff, they have, like, a very sportsmanlike back and forth. Yes. So it's obvious that he's not just always obnoxious and awful, but... Yeah, and like these people seem to genuinely like him. I'm sure he's a great dude, but I do think that this debate online's gotten a little dramatic. Where like there's a lot of people who are like, "Woe is me for liking Rick Devins." <laughs> like, uh, I do think it's gotten a little far on that front. Um, but you know so, what? So fiery the next day on Our Survivor, it was just all Rick posts, mm-hmm. like whether they were for or against, and then it's just where do the other people lie? Like. I'm curious as to what was thought of all 15 other people still in the game. Same. But like, it's just so dominated by Rick that 
it's hard to want to talk about anything else. I guess my problem is, like, Rick's not getting any new fans this episode. You know what I mean? Like, he gets the wall-to-wall content, basically. At this point in the Survivor season, I feel like everybody at home either really likes Rick Devins or is already put off by how much content he's getting. Yeah. I don't know why he needs this giant freaking coronation episode in right here. Like, right before the finale. Does he need this? I don't think he does. And I think typically you get a really balanced and, like, honestly doubtful episode right before the finale because you want to show everyone in some respect and, like, playing the game. But this this episode didn't do that, and so it's really strange. Mm-hmm. It really is. And, I mean, I don't know why this happened, but it is the case, I guess. That said, I do want to, I guess, make it clear that when I talk about these people, unless I'm very specific against the person, I'm probably talking about the character. Rick Devins, honestly... It's probably the archetype I'm going to enjoy the most. I usually like these super fan nerdy dudes. Game bots. I love the game bots. Joe's obviously different than me. But like this should be my ideal archetype. Like I should be loving Rick Devins winning. And I think it's a failure of the season that I'm not on the Rick Devins train. Like I really do find this edit obnoxious. It's eye-rolly. Because there just is, there's no nuance to it. It's just, there's no one else to cheer for. That's the approach yeah. they're taking is Rick Devins is right. Rick Devins is correct. plays harder, is smarter, more likable than these other people. How do you know that? Because they're not on TV. I think it's lazy, personally. That's my biggest problem, is I can't agree with him for, like, when he says, like, the girls aren't really playing, I can't agree with that because I haven't been shown that. They're just not showing them. Yeah. I think there was a point where I did like Rick Devins, and I was okay with him winning, like, This is the best case scenario for this archetype winning, I would say. But that faded once there was that onslaught of, like, threats going. And it literally left no one but him to really carry the story. And Mm -hmm. then it really highlighted all the obnoxious stuff. Yeah, like, for me? like, Like, the episode we argue about whether it's negative or not. In these later episodes, it's that same type of behavior, but it's just in a different game state and i think it it really affects him more i agree because it's just like oh this that wasn't one moment of emotion or whatever he really is just kind of a boastful person i think that's the thing right he is i think kind of a little self-absorbed which i mean i don't think there's anything wrong with that i'm definitely self-absorbed lots of people self-absorbed but it it just doesn't read right as an underdog i think that's the problem right it, it just doesn't like i think there is a disconnect here between like the casual at home or even on the beach when they watch this, it's like, oh, Rick's in trouble. Um, he finds a way out. What an underdog. But I think a different lens is like, oh, well, he's the most likely to win. So he's not an underdog. So then yeah. there's, he loses all sympathy from that for me. Because I'm like, well, he's clearly production's favorite and blah, blah, blah. Uh, clearly is getting the best edit. So it's kind of this tampered lens that we view this on for like favorites and stuff. So I get why people do get heated. But, like, to me, Edric should ultimately be most most similar to, like, a science than anything else. Um, mm-hmm. I guess more like a social science, like a educated opinion based on stats. Um, I think... So I don't know. Yeah, this is a divisive point, though, because when I was reading Reddit comments, I saw someone in a thread being like, well, these people are just... They just count confessionals. And it's it's reductive internet rhetoric, but... I mean, that's sort of the divide you have is people who 
claim to just enjoy the show for what it is and don't care about all these edits and stuff. And then you have the other side who are these people who are very concerned with how the show is structuring things and looking at past seasons and how this compares. And I think that that makes things tricky. Mm -hmm. But I think like, I guess my thing is like, I assume anybody listening to this podcast, I assume anybody interested in Edgic, I'm sure at some point in your life have been criticized for like, well, why can't you just watch it and enjoy it? And I think the disconnect is like, well, I in, I enjoy sophisticated storytelling and I like seeing why things are the way they are. Like, I like Survivor as a entertainment show and all that, and I can turn my brain off. But then I also like afterwards sitting there thinking about it a lot because I do like it a lot. I, I just dislike like the idea that passion is cynicism. Like, it really isn't. I think people who edgic, it's because they're passionate about the show and they're passionate about who's going to win and they're passionate about storytelling. I think that's why people like this whole thing. And I just, I wish there wasn't so much backlash to that idea of just like, you want to know who wins because you love the show so much. I think that's fun. Mm-hmm. So I guess that's probably good. We'll yeah. move here to our story section. We obviously, it's the end of the season. Uh, we're going to try and track whether we were right about the stories uh, because we like viewing this game as a storytelling thing. I, like, obviously mm-hmm. uh, I'm in like writing. I'm in, uh, story like I like I'm a storyteller as a person. Joe's an English major. Perfect, uh, perfect matchup here for analyzing uh, stories a little bit too I'm much. I'm a librarian. I collect stories. Yeah, he collects stories. <laughs> he's, the, he's the story keeper, keeper of all the stories. He's a level six librarian. Just three, just three. A level three librarian. <laughs> uh, I, I'm just a level zero scrub. But that said, let's move here to the passengers and pilots theme that I think has dominated this season. And I mean, at this point, I think, yeah, the, I think we're right. I think the story here is be a lone wolf, take control of your own destiny, pilot your own plane. Mm-hmm. Don't worry about control. I think it was the uh, backdoor be a lone wolf theme. You know what I mean? I think Julie saying, well, I, I'm just going to pilot my own plane was the thing we were supposed to take from this to yeah. code to the audience. Somebody's going to be not lead anybody. Somebody's going to be a leader of their own destiny, but not of the people. Rick Devins. Yeah, it could have really worked for Julie if she had in some way truly piloted her own plane, but she is like the ultimate passenger now. So it's all Rick Devins. I think it's going to be something brought up in the Final Tribal Council, but otherwise, yeah, it's pretty set in stone. I agree. And I think I think this is basically a theme to exonerate Rick Devins for not being able to control a vote. Hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I think the traditional, like, leaders and followers, leaders and coattail yeah. riders of Survivor would basically say, you're bad if you're somebody who can't con- convince people to vote with you. But I think this theme, the way it's been presented, is supportive of the idea of not being able to get people to vote with you because it doesn't mm-hmm. matter. As long as you're alive, it doesn't matter. Yeah. And other than that, like... Unfortunately, this season at this point really is centered squarely on Rick Devin's shoulders. I think this is Rick Devin's theme, and it's kind of hard to discuss anything else here. I think you obviously get the weakness in Julie being a passenger. Like, instead of going after Aurora, who's now a pilot, they're like, okay, we've got to kill Aurora because Julie's just useless. That's basically what Lauren says. She's an emotional person. So why even bother uh, voting her out? Was effectively the story of this episode. Yeah, that's this. Yeah, I I think it'll pan out at the end, but I don't have much to say right now. I think. Cool, same. 
So I think this brings us here to our probably our most contentious theme online, uh, which is the mothers, women, and gender roles. And all season, I think we've both been on the same page uh, that this season's been a, in my opinion, a pretty actual nuanced view on gender roles and how they play in Survivor. Mm-hmm. I think obviously this initiates with uh, Julie in episode one, basically being like, I'm a fish out of water, all that. And then Reem being the flip side of that, like they're both moms, but they're completely different moms. Uh, then we have the like that female idol find thing, followed by the huge montage worshiping Kelly Wentworth in aggressive female play. I really think that David Wright showing up is like a feminine male. I think we've been seeing this a lot through the season. Mm-hmm. And I think when after at, at the end of this section, I want to go through what I think the story of the season is. So like. For example, Millennials version X is a story of how paranoia, or sorry, uh, anxiety can be a benefit in the game of Survivor. I think that's ultimately anxiety about your position in the real life, anxiety, actual like social anxiety, and um, anxiety of as in paranoia in the game of Survivor all contribute to various play styles in in Survivor. And the person who can best handle that is the person who wins. Uh, and uh, you shouldn't be afraid of your anxiety. You should work with it. I think that's the story of Millennials vs. X. I think this Mothers, Women, and Generals one is going to tie into what I view this season as about, like overall. Hmm. I think it has been so present throughout. It's just hard to, for me to say that it's not a big part of the season, especially when if you sort of reduce Rick Devins, he is in that same Ben Drebergen Drebergen arc. And it's not the same keeping secrets theme that was Triple H. Mm -hmm. So if you can't apply that to Rick Devins, there's sort of this secondary theme to sort of revolve around. Yeah. And I guess not everyone agrees, but I see it here. I think it's been quite present. Yeah, I think it really has been. And I think there's a big reason why I think all season we've been kind of forecasting Lauren, Julie, Victoria, honestly being people who are going to be in the end game. I think all season yeah. we've kind of been on that. And I, honestly, in fairness, we did think Kelly Wentworth would be there for a while too. But like, I thought this would always going to be a female dominated end game. I, mm-hmm. and I think all season we were like, but I, we also feel like this isn't at all pointing to a female winner. It's and been I very think, on and off. Yeah. And it's, it's never been super positive. Like even in that early stages, Julie introduces this like, Hey, why don't females find idols? Then females find all the idols, but it's presented by Julie. Initially it's introduced by Julie is like, well, I'm not actually going to bother. Like (laughs) Victoria says the Island's so big. um, It's impossible to find them. Like we see this problem where it's just like, it's introduced on this like really mixed sour note and all season. It's it continues to come up in this like weird sour note. And so for me, I was never really seeing the girl winner. And I actually really, really liked the points made by Zipker in uh, Zipker one, two, five in opposition to us here, where he basically is like, well, I think that every season people talk about this stuff. It's like a, it's like an edge trap. Yeah. I agree. Sometimes I do. I, I agree that oftentimes maybe it is brought up too much, but I do think that a lot of seasons don't have it. And I think that's something important to know is, uh, off the top of my head, like the only season I can really think of that have it in a major way that I like, I can picture like Ho Rong a hundred percent. And then last season I think did it was just unfortunately a very negative theme. Uh, this one I think it's here and it's like this mixed one. Ho Rong was like 
if you watch the premiere Korang, it's basically just like worshiping female social play. It really, and even Ty being like super nurturing to all fam- all life and all that. Like you get super negative Nick being like toxic masculinity guy. Uh, you get uh, Michelle later on. Like Michelle's winning arc is basically proving guys wrong for doubting her. Like uh, I can do my own thing, bro, or whatever. What's that line? I think that's it. I know, bro, or whatever. Um, yeah. Like I think that's the thing, right? Like there, you do have these. Uh, I think. At the end of the day, I think these themes do come up when they're important. I think probably people discuss it all the time, but we're probably just, you know what I mean? You know what I'm trying to say? I think, especially with how many male winners we've had, there's sort of a, bias isn't the right word, but leaning towards wanting female winners mm-hmm. just to restore balance, I guess. And so I think every time we see some sort of female related theme we want to think it's a like winner's theme but i think this season and last season as well have shown us that they're going to consider the role of women in various ways we just have to really yearn to find where it fits into the season and sometimes that's not a winner sometimes Mm -hmm. it's it's like last season where the girls just sort of keep falling apart or targeting one another or this season where they, they just aren't Rick Devins. They aren't Rick Devins. They don't, they don't have the same like interests as Rick Devins. Like yep. idols don't matter and stuff like that. So yeah, I think it's important from here on out. I know, especially for me, I always want to see a female winner, but when that women theme comes around to think, what is this actually trying to say? Is yes. it leading to a winner or, and it's hard. I think at the beginning, I'm always going to be like, this is it. This is, mm-hmm. there's a winner's going to, or a woman's going to win this season. Pack your, pack your bags. It's done here. But obviously that's not always happening. So. And I mean, when you think, when you think about, I can't remember, honestly, I can't remember if it was the premiere or the second episode, the people who literally are talking about, wow, finding idols is hard. It's literally Victoria and Julie. Like, I think that's something really important to note is those are the two hyping up this theme of like, well, why don't females find idols? I don't know, but we're not going to look anyway. Look (laughs) at this episode. There is long term storytelling, right? It's we were introduced that these people are their downfall is that they're not going to look up, look for idols. And we kind of just glossed over it. We now see in episode 12 or 13 or whatever that come back up. That is, again, their fatal flaw. That's why the early episodes are so important. That's why we say the pre-merge tells you everything and then the post-merge, like, is just building off those blocks, basically. Yeah. Um, that's a perfect example. They were telling us things about uh, femininity and gender roles, but they were also telling us specifically Julie and Victoria will fail because they won't <laughs> look for idols. Yeah, and I mean, maybe they won't fail, but then that is a poorly told story. I yep. Think. Um, so I think that's good for now. I have a, a case later on, but I think we can zip through a lot of these. So we got here, checklist the experience, the Edge of Extinction theme, basically. Yes. Uh, we got it brought up again by Chris, basically saying, I wanted to play a perfect game. You guys know that already, which I thought was actually a pretty funny confessional. Um, <laughs> and he got this glowing, beautiful, sitting on a rock uh, confessional. And, I mean, it's clearly the Edge of Extinction theme. Like, even the yeah. letters to yourself. It's, it's that. And I guess we didn't talk about that in general thoughts. I liked it. You didn't. I don't know. It was so tacky. If we're stuck with Edge of Extinction, I thought it was a cute thing. 
Because I do think, I think if I were to get on Survivor, I would write that letter. And then when I read it 39 days later, I would be like, oh, well, there were things I didn't really see coming. And See, really doesn't have- it just seem like like middle, like even earlier than middle school, like elementary school homework style thing, though? Like, to me, it's just so tacky. I think they try to make you do it in like elementary school, but it doesn't hit hard. I think even years passing between like elementary school and whenever you read it, like end of high school or something, I think that's a different experience from this, honestly. I don't know. Like, so, like, I don't know. I feel like if I'm alone on a desert island for like weeks, you know what I mean? Like, Reem's been for, there for 39 days with effectively no one but herself to talk to. I mean, there's the 15 other people, but you know what I mean? The last person I want to hear from is myself. Like, I feel like you came pretty tired of yourself at that point. Huh. Uh, I just can't imagine it really made much impact to these people. They're probably like, they probably thought it was from their families. And we're like, oh, wow, yeah. It says, be proud of yourself no matter what. Wow. How do I soak this into camera time? <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, that's, that's how I felt that this was presented, but. I do think it's important to note that some people got to check that box and some people didn't. Uh, I think that we'll have a lot to say that when yeah. we're going to be forecasting the extinction returnee. Yeah. That's probably good for that theme. We'll move here to Kumbaya Survivor versus Gameplay Survivor. Highs and lows. Um, I mean, <laughs> Rick Devins again in this episode says he's working harder than everybody else. Mm-hmm. I think that, unfortunately, is showing that maybe Manu was more battle-tested for Survivor, because they're willing to work harder. Specifically, Rick Devins is willing to do anything it takes to win. He's willing to sprint around the island, uh, do anything it takes, because Kama was was just a cult. Maybe we were supposed to take that side, but Kama was lazy. They played a little bit harder than people expected, but still not as hard as Rick Devins. Yeah, I think this was born from Aubrey being like, this is boring. I want to play some real Survivor. And so when that happens for Rick Devins, he really ramps into gear and is playing really, I don't want to say well, playing really excitedly. And mm-hmm. I guess to some enjoyably. But and I do think that actually he has a confessional in his episode that kind of sums up this theme perfectly. Where he's like, when I run away, they get annoyed or whatever. And I, to me, it's fun. It makes, and when I'm having fun, it gives me the energy to push through to get that idol to do whatever. It gives me the adrenaline. Whereas yeah. they just get annoyed and it sours their mood. And so they are worse or whatever. I forget what the actual wording was, but that confessional basically sums up this theme, right? It's the ability that be never letting yourself get too low. Like when you're on the low, you can spring, that can be the springboard to go high. Aubrey says she prefers being on the bottom uh, because it, it's clear, you know who's with you, you know who's not. Mm-hmm. What a great summary of Rick Devin's game. Absolutely. Yeah. Scary. He knows Julie's with him. He knows everybody else is not. He does everything he can to save Julie. That was clearly articulated in this episode. I do think that this story actually was handled pretty well. Yes, I agree. Cool, cool, cool. Uh, so we'll move here to separating the game strategy from emotions <laughs> and personal relationships. And I think at this point, we just have to hold a um, moment of silence for Julie's edit. Just her emotional players. Aurora is highlighted as an emotional player. She's out. Just, yep. yeah. It is clear now that... Emotion's bad. Which is interesting, because Victoria's still there, and she was the poster child for mm-hmm. thinking emotions are bad. And, I don't know, we'll get to Miss Victoria later on. But 
Yeah, I think the condemnation of this, uh, like being a, being an emotional player at this point to me is like if you're if you're like still holding out hope for Victoria, if if Mad Dog is listening to this, like that's the best thing for you that Aurora and Julie were clearly identified as emotional players, and you still have Victoria there is clearly not. Unfortunately, I have a theory here of how this season's gonna go, um, which is not so good for Victoria, but. Yeah. I do think that if you're holding out hope for the Victoria win, who I honestly think is the only one who has any other equity here, maybe like, <laughs> God, I don't know. I don't even want to discuss that really, but because <laughs> uh, <laughs> I feel like I'll be like, oh yeah, they all have one percent, but that's nothing. Um, th- I guess that's good for her is that she's still the voice of like, I don't care about these people at all. She might be too far in that direction though. I don't know. I think it's a story, honestly, to give her some jury votes at the end. Yeah, I think you're probably right. I I don't think that Rick Devon's going to sweep this. I feel like it'll be... I feel like Victoria's the losing finalist and probably gets like three votes or something. I don't know if it's that many, but I think she'll sweep up some. (laughs) (laughs) She'll get one, so they had to explain how someone had the audacity to vote for Victoria. Mm -hmm. Uh, So that's probably fine for that. Like, it's clearly a theme. Clearly going to come up in File Tribal. Emotional players are bad. People who are able to separate it are good, basically. Yep. And I think that's actually exemplified very well, actually, by Rick Devins basically being like, okay, Julie's lied to me, but she's still better for me than these other people, hmm. I yeah. guess. Okay, okay. We'll move here to unpredictability slash always on the edge of being voted out. Again, <laughs> the Edge of Extinction theme, we've seen this pop up so many times with Kelly Wentworth, uh, with like Aubrey being like, I want to be on the bottom. I want to, like, it's, this, it's the same sort of theme as this uh, highs and lows theme. But, again, I, I am kind of kicking myself in the shins a little bit that I didn't anticipate the somebody just dominating the game through challenges and idols, because that's really what this theme was hinting at the entire time. Yeah, you had Wendy, who was always kind of there. But, mm-hmm. I mean, she didn't do it through idols and stuff, so... But she was benefited from being on the bottom. Yeah. Because I don't think Survivor... I guess this is kind of an important distinction. CVS Survivor, I think wants to make it clear that Rick Devins is doing more than just playing with idols. I think they, they don't want the idea that Rick Devins is just finding this thing and then ace in the hole. Like For sure. The story of Rick Devins finds it and then uses it to do something creative to help Julie yeah. is what this, this episode was about. Like We knew yep. Rick Devins wasn't in danger. I think that's an important distinction. They don't want it to just be he finds idol, he finds idol, he finds idol, he finds idol. Because that's boring. It's still a social game, so they have to spin this into... like why being on the bottom grants him the ability to find the advantages. Because that's a more uh, cohesive story. Yeah, and definitely what he can do with them once he's found it, beyond just playing it. So. Exactly. Or winning immunity. Like, what sort of agency that gives him. Precisely. Uh, do you have any other thoughts here? On unpredictability? Yeah. I did hear a theory that Tom was saying the ultimate unpredictability would be after this crazy ride of rick devins all the way to here maybe he gets voted out at final five <laughs> and it's truly unpredictable that would be hilarious like if they just double down on this theme and it's like who's even the like julie wins it's just like or even funnier like they all get to final final tribal and like the jury just like bows to rick devins and then julie wins 10-0 or something you know what i mean like that would be peak meme survivor but whatever uh <laughs> I guess that is possible, right? Like you never know. Um, I don't know. That's probably that's probably good. But so that's our story section. 
I did just because like this is the last episode effectively. Uh obviously there's a finale, but Edgex is done, right? Like um Yeah, you can't we're not gonna come back after the finale and be like, Well, I think there's a thirty percent chance that Rick Devins is winning. Yeah, like we're not doing a mid episode like in the commercial <laughs> breaks. You know what I mean? Like that is, the last episode plays with you, it teases you, it tries to make you think somebody else is gonna win and it does everything it can to do whatever, right? Like, it tells you, it lets you hang on for hope until the very end that Angelina Keeley will be yes. the winner of Survivor 37. You know what I mean? It's it's, it's 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 a funny thing. So this is effectively our last episode. So this, I mean, we're, we're going to do a postseason ep- thing, just a quick thing going through, like, what the actual story was. But I guess this is the preempt to that. This is my prediction for what the story of the season was. And it's pretty similar to what I said last week, I think. But I'm going to add in some details, I guess. Basically, I think that this season is the story of how smart, capable, aggressive females who who were able to find idols, who were able to play the game, were able to lead people, were able to be pilots of the social game of Survivor, played very well. But at the end of the day, it wasn't enough to beat somebody who was isolated on the bottom, was able to clearly identify he was on the bottom and take every advantage he could from that. He wasn't willing to just sit on the bottom. He wanted to increase his social position. He wanted to do everything he could to make the game better for him. I think that this is the season of how um, smart, capable people were able to um, undermine somebody, trick somebody, get do the best thing for them, but it still wasn't enough. I think ultimately that is what this season is about. And I think that's the thing, is I think at the end of the day, this season is about how and I'm going to quote a, a listener here. Emily Pandemonium had a beautiful way of remarking this. The gender theme is building towards an alliance of strategically savvy women women losing out to Rick's theatrical social charm. Because I think that this season has over and over again shown us that when it comes to the actual vote, it's someone like Victoria. Two weeks ago, it was Victoria. This week, it was Lauren. Um, the week before that, I think it was Victoria. That At the end of the day, who's been deciding who goes home is a female and then Rick shows up at Tribal Council, and he gets all the credit for it. I think we've been seeing that week after week. And I think that's the, that's why all these themes are the way they are. Is I think it's telling us Rick Devins is greater than this because of the theatricality, because of the magic of it. But at the end of the day, there were these capable people in the background that were doing it. It just didn't matter. They couldn't quite win. But props on you for being aggressive players. I think it's basically what the season's about. Yeah. There are aspects of the edit that really feel conciliatory. Like... When they, when Jeff tells Julie, oh, we all get how you're feeling. Like, mm-hmm. this game is hard. We're all fans. Or just showing little bits of Victoria, but not giving us the full story. I think to an extent you can say this with Gavin, where it's just so subdued that you can't have Gavin as a front runner who's playing fairly well if, like, he doesn't win. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, I think it's revolved around... The three women that are left who have been like one of them has been in the focus each episode and they just can't. There's just never a chance. (laughs) Yeah. And I think again here to quote Emily Pandemonium, I think in good written out words here, sort of summing up what I'm thinking, it means that they, the editors, recognize the game that these people played, had some sympathy for their loss and want us to share in the sense that they were robbed to some degree, that they deserve more credit than just people who followed Rick Devins. They weren't Laurel. They were people who were playing better. 
I think that's a better, truer story than Rick Devins barreling his way through the final three with uniquely bad voting record and somehow scoring an uncontroversially righteous win, which would be their only other alternative in this case. I think she's actually spot on here that this is a season where I think the editors have a special sympathy to these people. It almost feels like they're scared of completely giving them all the credit because I think they are scared of having an Aubrey-style situation here. They don't want Victoria to be the most loved. They don't want her to be Aubrey and lose in the end and in this giant debate ensue. I don't think they want that. So I think they're intentionally subduing her. And that kind of makes me sad um, because I do think that there was the capability of Victoria to be Aubrey, to be this breakout character, but they were scared. And that's, I think, my biggest unforgivable thing here is that this season could be better. You could have edited these people more, but I think it's a lack of trust in the audience to actually be able to interpret the facts as they are that maybe sometimes the best player doesn't win the jury vote. Mm -hmm. And so I think instead they just hid the best player. And I think that's really sad. Yeah, I think they really just molded things, not egregiously. Well, they could have done much worse. Uh, Could they? I don't know. I guess what I was thinking about while you were talking about Victoria was also, if you think about Aurora as a character was handled, like she was interestingly snarky to rick throughout the merge and a lot of people have like began to love aurora myself included i think a reason she didn't get much pre-merge content in addition to where she stood on alliances was you didn't want to bring out this uniquely charming aurora only to have her inevitably slayed i guess and also she was a target a lot so Mm -hmm. but yeah it just feels in addition to like barreling through the game he literally barreled through the edgic chart and shaped it in a different way than it honestly should have i guess yep yeah i agree and again i think this is this is my problem with that story so that's what i think the story is is that it's some sympathy or empathy or whatever to people who did play really well who didn't get their shot and like like swung for the fences and it wasn't good enough Mm -hmm. uh but i do think my biggest gripe with it and again and this is going to be loosely uh, taken here from Emily Pandemonium. Like, I guess she she really agreed with my thoughts last week, uh, and I think she actually made a really good case here. Uh, so, again, to quote, my only gripe is in the case of a Rick, Victoria, Julie final three would be that they didn't edit Victoria like Aubrey to Rick's Michelle. That is, like, a rootable strategic fan favorite who happened to lose to the social player. Um, it might have been hard because Victoria was an anti-returnee lone wolf who apparently didn't establish close bonds with the other players of the season. Um, but then, effectively, Emily goes on to describe the alternative that would be a better story. And I think this is uh, the great, she says, I think that would make a great long season arc. Victoria is the subtle mastermind who's maybe a little bit too cold for, own, for too cold for her own good. And Rick is the guy who played a clumsy game, but won the jury's hearts anyway. The story of how a, like an average dude with a great, with outstanding theatrics was able to be a cold stone cold killer because they were a stone cold killer. At least it would have been a ma- uh, would have made for a more interesting endgame than this. I'll take a contentious win a la Korong than a boring one any day. And I think that's where I agree with. And I think there's a huge demographic of people here who want a complex story. And I think you want a story of that's actually well plotted and has twists and turns and like isn't afraid to show two people as both deserving something, but one wins anyway. And I think that's what I want from Survivor. And I think there is this unfortunate conflict where a huge demographic watching survivor are people who watch every three episodes Mm -hmm. and so they can't do these grand stories because they'll get lost along the way 
And I think that's the saddest part, is that they could Survivor could be way better. They have the foundation. I think they have the talented people there to do it. But I think sometimes they're scared of their audience, and that makes me sad. I think David versus Goliath sort of did it. Mm-hmm. Well, I think the best seasons did. Like with Nick versus Mike at the end, it's two characters we've seen flawed, but balanced. And even though maybe that's not how things actually shook out, one won over the other for certain reasons. And mm-hmm. then you had us defending Angelina for certain ways. Like they weren't afraid to give every player their reason for why they're good and maybe why they're also bad. Yep. And I mean, and- honestly, David versus Goliath, the more I've thought about it, the more I've been away from it. I really do think, to me, is one of the greatest seasons of Survivor ever. I think it really is one of the best Survivor stories they've ever told. Up to and including Nick almost being the first boot. I think that was a brilliant addition to include and make that very clear. That there is an element of luck in Survivor. Uh, Pat died so Nick could live kind of thing. He burned up like a phoenix. This phoenix story is much less captivating. Because we don't get to hear... You know what it is? So, like, a good... um, I'm trying to think of how to describe the genre. Like, a good crime... Like a good crime uh, TV show or movie, the most important thing is that your hero and villain's motivations are clear. So that mm-hmm. you're rooting against the villain, but you understand what they're doing. So that when the hero outsmarts them, you understand why. What they did to outsmart them instead of just being told that they outsmarted them. I think in this season, we're just being told that Rick Devins is just outsmarting these people. But we're not hearing their plans. We're not hearing why. Like, you know what I mean? Like, we're not hearing the other side. This is like. If in a crime show, we only heard the cop successfully solve the crime immediately every time. Yeah. Instead of like something like Death Note. I don't know how many people listening to this would have seen that. I'm only but... seven episodes and no spoilers. Okay, well, well, it's a complex thing between criminal and cop. Uh, and like It's like this chess game where you know both sides clearly, and it's this intellectual battle. And I think people really love that show because you clearly get both sides' perspectives. And so when one gets outsmarts the other, you get it. And you're like, oh my yeah. goodness, how could this person have missed that? And I think that's what I really like in Survivor. I like knowing everything. I don't like when I'm not told everything. And I think that's my biggest problem with this season. Yeah. So that's probably good. Um, yeah, because, yeah, let's hear talk about Edge of Extinction. Unless you have it, do you have anything that you want to add here? I don't think so. Thank you to Emily. Yeah, thank you. And Zipker and everyone else who commented. Even if we didn't mention you. So it's interesting to see where our perspectives lie in addition to the other people who care. Oh yeah, I love reading the comments. Like it's a yeah. lot of fun to just like be able to afterwards be like, oh wow, like maybe whatever I said was dumb and I, I now I'm gonna spend a week thinking about it so that I can come here more prepared because you know, podcasting is hard. Obviously it's our first time doing well, third time I guess doing it for both of us, but still relatively new. Um it's always it's always very refreshing when somebody's like either really agrees with you or really disagrees with you or somewhere in the middle like mm. it, it's just fun yeah. um and you know it's not fun edge of extinction hey um okay so we're gonna talk about all 11 edge of extinctionies in alphabetical order <laughs> yep so let's start here with aubrey in this episode she says she's a weirdo <laughs> to me a weirdo uh webster's dick <laughs> webster's dictionary defines a weirdo as a person whose dress or behavior seems strange or eccentric. So, I don't know. What does that make you think about Aubrey, Joe? Um, I think Aubrey is returning and winning this game, just like we always thought, the dialogue episode. No, I do want to talk about who we actually think is returning. Yeah, same. Because <laughs> I think that's a major failing here is, what, there's 13 people there right now? 
11. Or no, sorry, 11. There's 11 people there right now. One of them matters, <laughs> which, like, <laughs> all right. So I guess we're going to talk here about who we think is actually going to be the person to return. I think I have three contenders. Cool. Let's uh, talk through them. Okay. So number one, I think, is Chris. And I think if Chris returns, he is revolving during. Like, Chris is going to come back, have a second chance. He didn't play perfectly, but now he's going to do better. But nope, he's going to go back out. I just think the content he's gotten, it feels like a nice story. Maybe it's just a nice Edge of Extinction story, but it also really works for someone who gets to come back in this game and get a second chance. Sound good? Agree? Disagree? Anything? So I would 100% agree with that. I think at this point, number one for me is definitely Chris. Um, One, the effort taken into his edit seems the most drastic. You know what I mean? Like It seems like they've taken the most care to ensure that he has a clear story. Mm-hmm. We see him kill the manta ray or whatever. We see him uh, talk about the perfect game over and over again. We hear what he'll do when he goes back. We hear him saying that he's specifically going to fish and hunt and all that stuff so that maybe it'll help him get back in the game. Yeah, I agree. Chris is absolutely number one with a bullet. And I also agree that when he comes back, he will... Mm, I don't agree because... But we'll, we'll get to that later. Go, give me your next two. Okay, number two is David. I still think, even though he's been pretty quiet for like three episodes, I think it's still very much in the cards for him to return, um, fulfill that prophecy with Rick, where Rick votes him out at five. Um, He just had a solid edit before he went to Edge of Extinction, and I think he's still a high contender for coming back. But not as high as Chris, I think. I agree. And I think one thing that's in his favor here is... This is the first, obviously, and hope. Oh, please, praise the Lord, please let this be last uh, season of Edge of Extinction. So we don't necessarily know. We obviously have a pretty small sample size of people who've come back. But I think one thing that's similar uh, between the only other person we've had come back is Rick really did have a very quiet Edge of Extinction journey. That At that point, yeah. everybody on that island was getting way more content than they are now. The merge has been a <laughs> spattering of invisible. Mm-hmm. But early on, is basically they all got to talk all the time. Rick was easily one of the most quiet when he was there. Other than what did it show? It had a huge incentive of him still being in the game. He's the only one willing to like or knows who how to, knows how to do the maps or whatever. He's the only one who um, knows where to find the things and all that stuff. You know what I mean? Like people look to him for the gameplay. Like it was his focus there was about the advantages. David literally has not spoken about anything other than the advantages. And specifically got a confessional saying, my head's still in the game. Like, I feel like I haven't even left yet. Yeah. I don't think being quiet on Extinction is really all that bad. And I actually really like David as the choice here because I think it's the most... Like, I think if it's... If the Edge of Extinction returnee is going to have a long, cohesive story, I think it's Chris. I think if they don't, it's David. Mm -hmm. Who's your third? Okay, so we've gone two for two. So, number three... So what if <laughs> what if the worst case scenario for the producers happens and just as is fate with all bad reality show twists and Reem Daly comes back how how would you edit differently you wouldn't you wouldn't so what if Reem comes back and I think if Reem comes back I really don't necessarily know where she places I think she could get revolving door I think this makes great sense for the unpredictability idea where Rick 
gets out and Reem wins. And we don't ever see Edge of <laughs> Extinction again because it's not what the producers wanted. It's the horrible nightmare. I mean, we've seen Reem manipulate the jury. She is the one who greets everyone when they come to Edge of Extinction. She's by far the most visible there. Yeah. Like, by far. I mean, we've seen ups and downs. We've seen negativity as much as we've seen positivity from Reem. Mm-hmm. I think. Am I absolutely biased because it would be an amazing end to the season? Yes. But I don't think it's... She's not below halfway on the list. If I'm being more serious, I would say Reem is at least sixth, most likely. I think it's very possible. I don't yeah. actually disagree here. <laughs> Mostly because at the end of the day, I think the number one thing against her is that she is Reem. If yes. Reem literally got all the same content, but she was Chris, I think everybody on the... Or Eric, you know what I mean? Like, if Eric just looked like Reem, or Reem looked like Eric, Reem's 100% coming back, mm-hmm. right? Like, she's the only... Like, Rick Devins is probably the biggest character this season. Number two is probably Reem, right? Yeah. War Dog, probably War Dog. Jamie. Yeah, okay, so it's probably Rick Devins, David, Kelly, War Dog, Reem. Right? Like, that's probably the top five. Yeah. Who's going to um, be on the DVD cover? Yeah, Reem's going to be on the DVD. I bet Vic- and I bet Victoria snipes that last spot. Um, I think that's actually not a bad case, because, like, who knows what this challenge is going to be? I don't care. I care about the edit. Um, yeah. And edit-wise, yeah, like, Reem's got to be above these other people, for the most part. Like, I, th- I think she is actually below David, and I think she is below Chris, just because Yeah. I could- her story's inherently more captivating. She was the first person. And mm-hmm. she's tv gold like she really is so i, I do get it so that's a, that, like if she was a little bit less entertaining if she was boot i would be higher on her actually it just i can see why no matter what she'll she'd get a lot of good content yeah. um and it is a captivating story like she didn't get to play survivor but she never gave up but like we end that edge of extinction ep- uh content thing with reem staying clearly to the camera she's never gonna give up i think that was a pretty powerful moment and i guess this is where I kind of want to talk about what I think is going to happen to the Edge of Extinction person. Okay. We got it kind of hinted at here in the episode of Rick basically being like, hey, if I save Julie, another person's coming in, right? Yeah. In addition to that, earlier on, the, who was it? The Wendy boot. We got, like, weird rocks coverage, like, and most of those people are still alive. Gavin got weird content in that episode oh. talking about how he'd go to rocks. We got Victoria having weird content about how she'd go to rocks. Got Lauren, weird content about going to rocks. Um, who else was... Did anybody else? I Julie did so. not. At that point. Yeah, so that's all, right? And then we have two more people, so that's Julie and Rick. And then we have um, Edge of Extinction returning, right? So that makes six yeah, people. Yeah. Four of them, right? Uh, Lauren, Victoria, Gavin. Sorry, three of them talked about not going to rocks for anybody well sorry gavin talked about wanting to go to rocks victoria and lauren on two separate sides both said they will never go to rocks for somebody Mm -hmm. victoria more directly says she will never go to rocks for anybody what happens when uh three votes against three uh that that's rocks i think what we're gonna see here is edge of extinction returning comes back sides it's gonna be chris or reem or david whoever we're gonna see rick julie Edge of Extinction returning versus Victoria, Lauren, Gavin. Victoria's going to flip. Gavin goes because he's in favor of going to rocks. And we're at the final five. I think I think then they cut Edge of Extinction returning 
Okay. And then fire making. Or maybe as we're seeing returning stage, I'm not sure. Um but I think that's the thing, that's what we're gonna see. We're gonna see we're gonna see that rocks thing come back up because it was weird. Like it was really weird for a vote that did not go to rocks. Especially when they're all left. We got both yeah. sides of it. That is maybe really it's true. War Dog. Maybe it's hilarious that it's War Dog comes back. <laughs> and Lauren won't go to Rocks for War Dog. So uh, it's uh that's how that happens. Um You know what I mean? I think that's that's what I'm predicting. Is this sixth vote is gonna be pseudo rocks into a Victoria and maybe Lauren flip. And then I don't really know where it goes from there, but I think depending which Edge of Extinction returnee it is, either that's the final three, the Rick Edge of Extinction returnee and um, Julie, mm-hmm. or the Edge of Extinction returnee leaves before then. You know what I mean? I think that's how we get to the end. Yeah. Like maybe Rick wins the – or Rick plays the idol at the final five and then is in the end, so they cut the Edge of Extinction returnee, and then whatever. I think that's what we're going to see. And in a way, that makes it feel like it almost makes more sense if it is someone like Reem. You know what I mean? Like, if it's Reem, Julie, Rick, it makes sense if Reem's in the end, I think. Yeah, I don't know. It feels like a a fanfic, but I'm here for it, and... I think the story's there to... I think... Yeah. The one thing I'm confident a, in, we are going to see that pseudo-rocks thing. I think that we is are a really see... good point about those those three still being in the game. Yeah, cool. Uh, so that's our Edge of Extinction segment here, and we'll move on to our tribes. And with that said, that brings us here to the section every week where we go through each person, try and track the story, try and figure out what these uh, fancy producer editor people are trying to tell us about each of these people. Uh, and obviously, we're starting here with the one and only tribe, the Vata tribe, uh, which means Shelf Phoenix. Which is the definition. I think it. I feel like for this season, it probably makes more sense to be Shelf. That said, as a whole. I mean, not the not the loudest tribe. Uh, like, only one real major storyline going on here. But other than that, I don't think this could be the complex group. What do you think? <laughs> uh, they're definitely left on the shelf episode to <laughs> yeah. episode. Like, I saw six of these people. Like, we know nothing about. So uh, There's only six people left. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's seven people on this list. Anyway. There's six. Oh, I can't add. Oh, Whatever. No. You hate word problems. I do hate word problems. I hate soccer moms. I hate sports. I hate word problems. Uh, I hate basketball. And so sad that she's not first on our list. I know. For the first time ever, Aurora is not first on our list. Instead, it's Gavin. <laughs> I oh, like the pattern really continues. Like three seasons in, and whoever's first on this list is always like the quiet, boring person of the mm-hmm. group. Like if there's a group, the first person's gonna be. The quiet person. I wonder what that has, what that says about society. Hmm. Who knows? Anyway, so Gavin <laughs> in this episode basically says that he wants Rick Devins out, mm-hmm. and then, he doesn't get it. Yeah. Yep. So he's yeah. then the the go between between Lauren and Victoria. Yeah. Which, like, guys, you can vote out Lauren. I didn't get that. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I felt like they were like. Like, I'm missing something that they're not targeting Lauren. Because I was sitting there on my t- couch, and I'm like, there's another person. Like, <laughs> but, I don't know, for me, Gavin is walking fifth place. Yeah, he feels very sixth or fifth. Yeah, I guess he could be sixth place. I guess, to me, he's out next, which is fifth place, but no, that's sixth place. So, mm-hmm. yeah, he's walking sixth place, I guess. Um, I feel like in my rock scenario, Gavin's the one who gets rocked out, or flipped on, or whatever. Yeah. Um, so I kind of think he's out next. That said, I guess if Rick Devins leaves next, I think Gavin's probably got a okay shot at winning. He's really the only one. I don't know. It's not gonna happen, but you never know. 
I think if Rick goes, like, the final tribal council is going to be so weird. Mm -hmm. Like, at least two of these people are, like, non-entities in the same way. So it's hard to imagine Gavin winning. But he still has that, like, just barely credible winners at it. Yep. It's just obviously been overshadowed by Rick. I would say at this point, like, spoilers, but Lauren just seems more feasible. Yeah, I probably agree with that. Gavin's just really in the shadows. I agree. I don't think he can be a losing finalist. Like, I think at this point, he has too much goodwill. Yeah. So that's kind of why I think he's going to leave early. I think Mm -hmm. next makes so much sense. Like, literally, the Davy spot makes a lot of sense, because... Yeah. He's, like, a quieter Davy. It makes sense, because he's a boringer Davy. Um... (laughs) I know I find him to be the driest character of all of them. Like, yeah, he's very like if Carter had some game. Yeah, like I'm sure he's a good player, but like it kind of seems like he's the safe player, and maybe that's just what the ad is telling me because they want me to worship Rick Devins. But that said, I don't know. It's hard not to realize that. Um, I do think again we have the idea that he's stubborn and entitled. So I think mm-hmm. like he's almost like a like we're supposed to be sometimes annoyed by him. Um, yeah. But, like, like him, it's like I, they're trying something kind of weird with him. I don't, I really don't think this arc's worked, though. Like, yeah, I think ultimately we're not supposed to get attached. Mm-hmm. And that's perfect for, I think, this new sort of edit where someone kind of decent, but not early there, goes in sixth place or early in the finale. So, yeah, like, honestly, like, we're saying Davy, but like, this might be more, um, what's her name? She loves her family, Allison. Uh, Dr. Allison, like, it might be more like that, to be honest. It's just, like, you get the bare minimum, you learn some things about them, where they come from, maybe they're most, like, they're cliff notes. Like, we have, like, the cliff notes, the spark notes of Gavin's character arc, of his journey in Survivor. But that's all we have. And with that, that does not a winner make. Um, Mm -hmm. That's a really good name for it. Yeah, right, like, it's just, he's there chilling, maybe he's playing well. I think at various points, his edit's been sloppy. Like, all of a sudden, he loves Kelly Wentworth. All of a sudden, he doesn't like Eric, whatever, yeah. right? Um, yeah. He's on the shelf, right? Like, at the at the end of the day, like... So, I guess he symbolizes the Vada tribe. Um, <laughs> and yeah, like, I don't know. I'm kind of really disappointed that... With his arc in particular, because... It felt like they were building something early on with him. Like... We heard about his hometown. We heard how much he's a super fan. They seem mm-hmm. to have some care to remind us who he was over and over again. And then they just stopped caring. Like, but not even. Like, they just continued to just, like, remind us who he was. But that's it. Like, every week, it was like, wow, Gavin's a super fan. Gavin's a super fan. By the way, guys, Gavin's a super fan. Did you know mm-hmm. Gavin's a super fan? He's from a small town. That's basically all we got was that on repeat. I think we could have got a lot more because I'm sure he has something to say about the world, about Survivor. Somebody who loves Survivor that much, gotta have something more to say than I love Survivor. I'm glad to be here. I, right? Yeah, I think it kind of makes sense if he is going home in this really momentous tribal council where, like, it's obviously a big thing, but you don't want to get too attached. So it's, like, halfway between idling out and just a regular player. You just like... I guess. For me, it's just, like, what's wrong with feeling sad when someone you like leaves? Right? Like, what's wrong with... I see that as a positive. When I love everybody... Like, last season, I loved everybody so much. Basically, no matter who left other than Carl, or Kara, I guess, I was like, I'm sad that they're gone, because I'd be okay with them winning. This one's the opposite. It's like, 
can you just shoot all of them in a line? Like, just get them out of here. <laughs> like, like, can we have a triple eviction? Um, <laughs> it, you know what I mean? Like, there's no investment in these people, so it feels empty. But I feel like there's it's because they're scared that make us feel something for them because they don't want to break our hearts. But like, yeah. I think people are okay with having their hearts broken, and uh, that's the I think the devastating tale of Gavin. Mm-hmm. Hope his wife is doing well. Yeah. She seemed, she's somebody who I'd rather see on Survivor than him. Not gonna lie, she seemed <laughs> way significantly more interesting than he does. I'll come back for Blood versus Water. I yeah, I'd be okay with that. I think <laughs> I think yeah. I mean, like they cast some people for just for the loved ones on uh, OG Blood versus Water. So sure, yeah. But I think like Gavin would like probably win that season, and that'd be oh, 100 percent. He's like the competent <laughs> enough like yeah person who like yeah 100 percent. Gavin wins if he comes back. So. You heard that here first. If Gavin's ever on a somehow gets on a returning season, this dude's probably winning. Yep. That's cool. We'll move on here to Julie, who I think had the most. In, I think this is the most interesting discussion of this week, right? Uh, let me look. Da, da, da. Yeah, it's just such a bizarre turn because we started this season. Yeah, Julie was kind of quiet, but we knew she was a big character somehow. We knew she really mattered to this season. And that came true at Merge. She was like a breakout star. And then here we are in the second to last episode and she's barely there. When she is there, she's an emotional goat who almost gets voted out. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's very odd. Yeah, she had no agency whatsoever in this round. Like, she was just like, I hope Rick saves me. And that's it. Like... That's it. Like, that's her only content in this, like, entire episode. And that's kind of sad. Um, to me, it's just bizarre what they've done here because yeah. it doesn't track. I guess if I was to put on my tinfoil hat, early on you mentioned, like, the episode before the finale is usually, like, huge doubt on the winner. I mean, I mean, <laughs> could this be it? Could this be the fabled doubt of the winner? making this character just completely flip on their head. It doesn't really make sense. It kind of, it's kind of like whiplash. You're like, wait, Julie's a goat. You didn't tell me that. You told me she's capable and understanding and emotional, I mean, but also cutthroat. Like it worked. Like I, Julie's not on my winner list anymore. You got <laughs> me. If she wins though, I'll be like happy. I think like, she's the only other, like, I think she's the only one that you could make a case for being a, I think at this point, I just want Rick to win, right? Like, yeah. I don't like Rick, but I think it's the best story. I think Julie's the only other one that's even almost there. Like, I think no matter what, it's a bad story. But I still... If you're going to get a bad story either way, you still want a bad story instead of a insulting story or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I do think Julie's the only one that actually has the foundation to be a captivating and interesting winner. I don't think anyone else does. So, I don't know. I guess, like, that's still something for her, but... This is such a weird episode, and on like on top of kind of a weird edit in general. That yeah. to me, this was kind of the final nail in Julie's coffin. But like, I don't know. Maybe there's a world where she does win. Um, like I guess if Rick Rick leaves, like that's the thing, right? Like, unfortunately, if Rick leaves, obviously there's got to be a second contender. I think you're right. It's probably Lauren, but yeah, I guess I still see it. But this episode really. Really nailed down what we what people have been thinking. Like, oh, Julie looks like such a like final tribal council loser, and now that they've just said it, it's like, oh, yeah, okay. And like, I guess in addition to that, like the purpose of this episode was to say we were going down the path of like it's to 
cause doubt. I think the interesting thing here is that, I mean, me personally, I found myself thinking at the end of this episode, oh, wow, Julie's just a dumb emotional player, kind of, like, my subconscious. Yeah. I mean, like, mm-hmm. it kind of tricked me, like, oh, she is bad. I'm like, oh, they did a really good job persuading me that, like, Julie on the beach has no chance, which mm-hmm. I don't think they necessarily do. To Like, this was a pretty good smear job, if it was a smear job. Yeah. I do think she's still a final tribal council loser. I think she gets Ron's vote. I agree. I could see her getting a couple votes. Eh, well, there's 13 of them. Like, I think this, could, what I'm predicting, I think, is a 9-2-2 vote or something like that. Like, overwhelming. Does that math add up? Yeah, for once it does. Good job. Yeah, okay, okay. <laughs> Wait a minute. But, uh, like, I, I see Rick getting overwhelming amount of votes. But I still think, I think it's going to be Julie and Victoria. I think they're both going to get a respectable amount of votes. Hmm. Ron, whoever, right? Yeah, I knew Julie was getting looks from Ron on the jury. They've had a close relationship. I think, yeah, I'll at least get, or she'll at least get Ron's. 100%. Yep. I agree with that. Um, And I think overall her story is the best one, but this is a real dropping of the ball, I think, on her arc. Makes me sad. Yeah. And it makes me think that she was more so used to tell a broader story it's just the broader story kicked off really, really, really late. Mm-hmm. So that makes me a little sad, but she is fun. I do. I, I'm a little sad that we didn't get to see more of her fun side. Like early on, it seemed like she was going to be like, like more of a growth at it, and yeah, little, we really like, didn't get that at all. Kookier too, like, mm-hmm. but but we really didn't have any kooky characters on this cast, like at all. Like everyone basically just like if they barely got time to even say what they thought about the game, let alone their personality yeah right i mean so, would you consider reem kooky yes but yeah mm, but in the game how kooky was she right like yeah on on the actual show she is like i feel like a i feel like she's a kookier later lady than we even saw mm-hmm. you know like for the most part her content really was kind of serious you know what i mean it was pretty like there wasn't much humor in what she was doing for the most part yeah it's kind of like tonal humor like yeah just- in a way you don't see usually on Survivor, as the way Reem was acting, so. Yeah. I guess let's move on here to Lauren, who, this is her best episode. Like, by yeah. far. And Queen I think... Of, oh, go. Queen of the eye roll. Yeah. Like, <laughs> she reminded me a lot of, like, a child in this episode. Like, th- do you get that at all? Uh, okay, so you're saying it's her best episode, but she also reminds you of a child. Uh. Okay, so I have a hot take here. I think that I think Lauren's the distraction. Like, I really do think Lauren is the distraction, intended to be the distraction. I think the doubt on this episode isn't... I don't think they're making Rick look bad or anything. I think they're making doubt in a CP, like, breakout episode for Lauren right here. I think that's intentional. Um, and Lauren picked up on a lot of Rick's things. Like, Yeah, they were intentionally put at odds, like... She's the one who has his number. She knows he's lying. She can read him. She's eye-rolling. She's, you know what I mean? But it mm-hmm. all, she comes up with a plan. But ultimately, I don't think it's anything other than doubt here. Yeah. I would say, like I said, Lauren's not been on my chart. and just never added up. But at this point, I think she's second most likely. Like, <gasps> I, she's not a contender. But I think it's the edit that most well fits together. Mm-hmm. For a win, I think it's not great, but 
I think an audience can put it together. They see someone who's been here throughout the whole thing, really struggled with the elements and yeah, now can win it. So, yeah. Yeah. I guess the thing for me is with Lauren, there's just, at this point, I'm convinced she's Devin and she's intentionally Devin. They're trying to make her Devin. I really think that is at this point just the case. She hasn't had the foundation. We still don't really know anything about her. She just kind of breaks out at random parts. And Mm -hmm. I really do think that she's the obstacle. Mm -hmm. She's the person that Rick's going to topple because she still has the idol. I think that's supposed to be the lingering doubt is, oh, will Lauren idol at Rick? I think that's the lingering question we're supposed to be wondering during, uh, again, for just a viewer. Mm-hmm. I think the answer is no. I, I think she will not. I do wonder, though, when she goes, because she does have an idol. Like, she's clearly, I feel like there's something about, like, I think Lauren is the top candidate in the finale to get the Brad Culpepper Laura, or Laurel treatment of just, like, we find some new characteristic about her that's horrible. Like, in Survivor mm-hmm. Game Changers, we had Brad Culpepper be a nice dude all season. And then the finale was him barking and being rude and condescending to people for two hours. Laurel was like being childish and indecisive and we're running around confused. I think Lauren, we're, this is my hot take for the finale. We're going to see a horrible side of Lauren for two hours. I don't on think Wednesday. so. I think both Brad and Laurel were sort of built up in earlier episodes, like at least a little bit. And that really yeah, the Brad couple the brand. Yeah. No, but... but I guess here's my take. Brett, so the way Brad Culpepper's arc was construed was he was basically a nice dude, right? All throughout, he likes antiquing, he likes whatever, right? Mm-hmm. But there's one episode where Zeke basically just digs into Brad Culpepper. That's basically the only negativity we really see, is Zeke basically being like, and here's Brad Culpepper worrying about the Brad Culp- Culpepper brand again. By the way, he's a millionaire, and he gets that like one episode of Shade, basically from one person, right? Mm-hmm. I think Laurel's the same way. You get Kellen basically being like, Laurel's indecisive. It's frustrating. Like, what does she just want us to do nothing? Like, she Kellen gets to dig it. I think that is most similar, most akin to Wardog not stop talking about Lauren loving food. I think we're going to get something about her being a food hog or something like that. I, I can't think of what it would be. But basically that she doesn't care about the game. She only cares about food or something. For two hours, mm-hmm. that's what I think we're going to see. I don't know. I just can't see that for Lauren, even with the War Dog episode. I don't know. That's got to pop, though, right? Like, that's got to come back up. It's like her defining story is she's hungry. Just hungry for a win. <laughs> maybe. Maybe. They're going for the, they're really going for the English teacher motifs here. <laughs> <laughs> that's actually really funny. Um, maybe, maybe you're right. Maybe you're right. Um, I don't know. So I guess how, like, so you have Lauren number two. How likely do you think that is? Not very. love the sounding confidence i don't know i just like i said it's rick and i'm not happy or it's someone else and i'm not entirely happy either and i really couldn't predict it i guess that sounds kind of cop-outy but i feel like if it's not rick it could be anyone for a variety of reasons and uh, lauren's looks edgy to me so (laughs) like you know like it just, it makes the most sense in this group of flawed, messy, weird Edge of Extinction edits, so. Mm-hmm. I think I agree with you. Like, for me, I just have Rick there at the end, and that's fine, I think. Yeah. I've basically, at this point, had, like, Rick 
and Julie and trying to muster up somebody since like the merge. But I know I don't know. I I want somebody else to win. To be honest, not I don't, I'm so conflicted. Whatever. Uh, <laughs> Lauren, I don't actually really like that much. I think a lot of people really do like her. I think her story didn't work. I don't think it. They didn't pull the trigger on it. She could have been the yeah. next Kelly Wentworth. She really could have broken out of that shadow, but instead they had Kelly Wentworth just kind of like boringly narrate over top of Lauren for mm-hmm. most of the season. Then Kelly got voted out, and then Lauren kind of popped up, but then went back down, and then. Yeah, I, think it's I feel feeling. like we saw glimmers of hope in Lauren pregame at the beginning. It was like, oh, this is a this could be a good character. And then she just sort of simmered the yep. whole season and never like came to a boil. It's almost like to me that they planned her being like the new Kelly Wentworth and then just like stopped. They just didn't care. <laughs> they were okay with it. They had that planned. And then they kind of just forgot. And then when Kelly Wentworth got voted out, they're like, oh, right, um, uh, who was it? Lauren, right? Like, we're going to pop her back in. And then they forgot instantly again. They're like, oh, wait, who's our doubt? Right, it's it's Lauren. Like, it, it just feels very bizarre. Mm-hmm. Especially with her lasting this long with an idol. Yeah. And, like, uh, theoretically an aggressive player. Like, I don't really get what's going on there, but... Mm-hmm. I also don't get why she's not getting voted out. Like, yeah, I, I feel like there's something missing. For sure. Like, it's just like this whole Gavin, Lauren, Victoria alliance sort of like very slowly pieced itself together. And I guess that's a thing, but I don't fully understand why or how. Yep. Because really, we've never really been shown them together. I guess we did get Victoria going to lauren and being like hey let's not be enemies anymore like that's the genesis scene i guess but like why gavin i guess gavin liked kelly and lauren's the most similar to kelly i guess right like Mm -hmm. we still don't really have a bonding scene between anybody other than rick and julie yeah and then they were split apart brought back together yeah split apart i think at least we called that right like we called rick julie being a duo it kind Mm -hmm. of faded forever but yeah. It's pretty good. Yeah, I have nothing else to say about Lauren. Maybe we can think of more stuff as we go. But mm. we'll move here to Rick Devins. Who? I think I just can't stop talking about. <laughs> it's... Oh, what more can we say about this Survivor legend? The greatest of all time, right? Like, he <laughs> got voted out. He won some challenges. Are you of the opinion that in a season like this where people can be voted out and come back, they're like automatically like you would never vote for them because they were at some point voted out i would have a really hard time voting for somebody who got voted out but i think i would do it under the right circumstances yeah i don't know it's hard to say a hundred percent like sure i know like so i did like it, obviously it's nothing like survivor but i did sequester i've done some in real life survivor games i've done and I, there have been twists where people have come back and stuff and when i look at the game I think that if you're one, like when you're there with the jury, you're sitting there, you're sad, you're bitter, you're sore, and then one of them goes back in, like you're rooting for them, like you can feel it inside, like you're the person that you want to see win is the person who you bonded with and you got to, because like when you get voted out of one of these things, you sit there and you shit talk the people left and say, oh, if I was still in there, you know, I would raise hell, and I'm sure all of us would raise hell. These other people are boring. Uh, those the final three is the worst final three of all time, or whatever. That's what you hear, right? Um, yeah. and 
I think you do naturally. I think you you do naturally bond to people who were there with you. So I think that's what gives Rick a lot of power here. That said, I do think me and I think a lot of people who are like game voters, like I imagine, like a war dog, is gonna have a real hard time voting for Rick Evans, right? He got voted out. Mm-hmm. He clearly messed up. But I do think he has some excuses built in. Miraculous swap where he just swaps with his original tribe. Pretty good excuse for why he gets voted out. And he comes back and he's a new player. I think the the death and rebirth of Rick Devins might be captivating enough of a tale that even this bitter person would maybe even consider voting for. And that makes me sad because I ideally would like to be the kind of person who actually values gameplay. But I, on the beach, I would have a hard time not being kind of starstruck. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know, it would take a really compelling case. Like, yeah. A, I guess a close vote, which it was, like, earning your way back in and really playing for it, which Rick kind of did, but then, I don't know. I fall back to the thing where he dealt his own hand of cards that he now has mm-hmm. to play, and I don't know. Especially I... looking at who's left, I think most of them I would vote for over Rick right now. Mm-hmm. But that's from what I've seen, and who knows what was actually happening out there. Apparently, Gavin talks about his wife every day, and we haven't seen any of that, so. <laughs> right. <laughs> I guess the thing for me is, like, if you're sitting there, and I think Rick actually does a really good job of, like, people talk about it all the time, but the theatrics of Survivor, right? Yes. He enters in, he presents himself as a victim, he's going to get voted out, and then he flips their perceptions. That's brilliant. Thinking about storytelling in front of the jury that's really mm-hmm. really smart he's really strong rhetorically like he knows when to speak and what mm-hmm. to say and that takes a lot of like that's takes crazy intelligence like no question like you have to be a really 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 strong performer yeah. like if he's a D character he's got like a 20 performance stat like it's very very influential and even when you're sitting there like it's hard not to he has so much charisma like he's very chariz- charismatic person and to be honest i actually really like the arguments he's made where he's like, okay, I got voted out, and I was trying to play, like, a good game or whatever. Kind of like what Chris said. He was trying to play a perfect game with no mistakes, and they came back in. And now he's playing with house money. He said that, right? Mm-hmm. And so he's playing in a way where he's taking advantage of the people trying to play perfect games. They're so scared of um, making a mistake, not make it, not playing a perfect game, maybe getting a vote or being a decoy boot or whatever, that he's able to find a crack and exploit it. And I think, I feel like if I'm sitting there... I have a hard time not voting for that because I think it's one thing if it's like, because I think the big thing, the big problem with when somebody comes back in is that they kind of have a, like, they look like a goat. They got voted out. So they kind of have like a free path, right? Because they're different. They're clearly a lesser page. But Rick, you can't really say that excuse. Like he's been trying to get voted out for weeks. So it's not like he really had a free pass at the end. I don't know. I feel like this is one of the rare situations where I could, I could buy voting for Rick Devins, I think. I don't know. I um, think he'll win, and I think it'll be a pretty decent margin, but I do think that he... W- I don't think it'll be as big as people think. I think there will be a lot of people here who aren't okay with voting for somebody who got voted out. Yeah. And I think with a such a large jury, it really opens the gate for people to be like, well, yeah, maybe Rick is going to win, but I can totally toss a vote to the person I really think should win. Yes. Because it's such a... So many votes are required for majority, so... Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if, like, that's even why Lauren's getting such a glowing at it, right? If it's Kelly and Joe and Aubrey and whatever. Like, like I could easily see somebody getting, like, five votes. And then mm-hmm. Rick still get eight. 
You know what I mean? Like, yeah, we are in kind of an absurd stage here where I kind of don't even see the voting conglomerate for anyone else to win because I feel like he does just have the general voter, right? Yeah. Like the average voter is voting for Rex. So even if there's no real niche path to win, which I think is the problem for these other people. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess that's like that's the thing is like I to me the most likely scenario where Rick loses is actually the one where he just doesn't win in the end. But I don't think any of these people <laughs> beat. Where does that make sense? Does that what no. I'm saying to me? So in the world where a hundred percent like I know without a doubt Rick Devins loses this game. I don't think it is getting voted out. You okay. know what I mean? I think the most likely scenario where he's losing is in the end as really? the losing finalist as the Russell huh. Hands. But because like when I look at these people, I don't see anybody beating him is kind of why I've solidified. Like I a hundred percent basically think Rick Devins mm-hmm. is the winner. I don't see him getting voted out unless it's David who comes back. In which case, like if David comes back, votes at Rick Devins at five or four, then I think David just wins instead of Rick Devins. So I think I would honestly have yeah. Rick and then David, because I think that has done the funny thing where they're kind of interchangeable. Kind of. Kind of, yeah. Like it's it's obviously not perfect, but that would be the one scenario I think where Rick could go home. But then I think it just switches to David anyway. Mm-hmm. So um, I don't think it's a huge deal. Yeah. And I just don't see anybody beating him in the end, which is why for me I have like a hundred percent odds on Rick Devins with like I guess ninety nine and then one on David because I don't really see any other path really. Yeah, I think David is a likely candidate to sort of take over Rick's edit at literally the last second. It's just, it requires David to come back and that silly thing to happen. So Mm -hmm. it just seems so unlikely, like a work of fan fiction, but maybe the edit has been leading me to this fan fiction all along. So I get it, but I, I don't know if I consider him a contender or anything. So... (laughs) Yeah, no, I agree. Like at the end of the day, like I just I have Rick as the only contender. It's just if you're watching finale night, David comes back and votes at Rick. Consider that a Rick win, honestly. I think it's David just inherits Rick's edit, and that's how it moves forward. I think. Yeah. No. Uh, even though you're not getting our commercial break podcast live tweets, <laughs> no, we've switched our winner contender to David. Yeah, that's what I'll I'll be tweeting up a storm. I'm sure I I'm sure I'll be in a foul mood on finale night, but. Um, <laughs> But I've been getting, like, I got a lot of likes on some of my tweets on Wednesday, because I was really bringing it home, like, maybe this is a good section uh, to talk about the one, where I was just like, okay, um, where is it at? (laughs) So I tweeted, who at CBS thought we wanted another Ben? Seriously, this is painful. There's a social game happening here that just straight up doesn't matter with Edge of Extinction and all these idols. Um, I don't know if I stand by that, but I do think I stand by... With the finale upon us, all I have to say is, bottom five, predictable season, anchored by a horrible concept. These characters never stood a chance. Oh, this was bad enough that they never consider a horrible twist like this ever again. And that's what I think about Rick Devins. Oh, Rick Devins <laughs> is the twist? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I honestly, I don't link Edge of Extinction to this so much. Like, even though Rick is coming back from it, I think Rick... Rick winning is separate from that because he he's obviously not the second Edge of Extinction returnee. Mm-hmm. So, like, he just had a Ben-style immunity challenges or idols, and mm-hmm. that's how he wins. So, for me, I think the big thing is that what's wrong here 
is I probably partly casting, but I think in addition to that, I think the big problem is you can look at it both ways because um, I'm trying to stall here as I grab that Reddit thread. But while I'm doing that, I guess the thing is, is like Rick Devins occupies so much screen time because he's like entertaining or whatever. Mm-hmm. And you have to tell the tale of him falling and rising and you have to do a lot to invest in that style of winner. Mike Holloway had basically the same edit of just like constant visibility in every episode. Like he narrated everything you got. The the game was filtered through him, but they chose to make those people negative instead of invisible. And, the, and this one in more, and what, this one way more than that, they just chose to kind of make people invisible. And I blame that on Edge of Extinction. I think okay. that's why this season's a lot worse than Worlds Apart. Like I think Worlds yeah. Apart's not great, but it's I think a hell of a lot better than this season. I think because okay. there is no Edge of Extinction taking those like every Edge of Extinction segment takes those character moments from Gavin, from Julie, from Vic- Victoria, from Aurora. That's where we're losing stuff because we're never losing any Rick content. We get the same amount, I think, if Edge of Extinction is there or not. I think that stays consistent. What we do lose is the character moments between the people who aren't the winner. I think that's where the season suffers. I think that's my biggest problem there. Okay. Yeah, I get that link. That's good. Um, Wait, and... I wanted to talk about Rick. Yeah, talk, talk, talk. So much more. No, I thought we were ready to move on. Just... Oh, wait, wait, no, I actually have something. Okay. Um, so <laughs> let's talk about here, like, let's just, at this point, presume Rick Devins wins, okay? Okay. Um, so this is, again, another shout-out to Emily Pandemonium, who I thought made a brilliant point here. If Rick won and the editors still felt comfortable cutting him down to size, then that's a good thing. Uh, Rick, they made Rick look blind, mildly condescending, and vaguely sexist in the scene with Lauren and Julie in the mud bath, right? That's mm-hmm. what she talked about. Maybe not for a sense of a deserving winner, since it reveals his strategic ineptitude, but that means that they respect the female characters enough to show them out playing him. Uh, it means they recognize the game, have some sympathy for their loss, blah, blah, blah. Um, I think that's a better, truer story than Rick Devins bearing his way through the final three. I think that's an excellent point. Um, and I guess that's some kudos there is I do like the recent trend of not these glowing winners. I think Mike Holloway's probably maybe Tony's the one who kicked it off, right? Is the ability to show a winner in a flawed light. Tony makes some mistakes, they show it. They're not afraid to hide it. Mike Holloway's shown as like a bossy jerk at camp. They're willing to show it. I, I really do like this trend of not being afraid to show the winner at negative at times, inept inept not ineptitude at times, but inept at times. You know what I mean? I like. Mm-hmm. I don't like this perfect winner narrative that they honestly did used to have. I, I'm glad for the more flawed uh, winner thing, and yeah. Yeah, it's hard because Edgic has to morph around that, and we're not quite there yet where what sort of negativity is acceptable, what's not, what is negativity in this case. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. Yeah, I, I think basically... Getting there. And since I... Since we're looking so heavily at the edit, it is influencing how I watch it. And so I'm like, this isn't acceptable for Mm. my winner. But it's something you need to sort of grasp, I guess. 100%. Because I do think, I think it is easy to tell, or maybe not easy to tell, but it's possible to tell what's good and bad negativity. Mm -hmm. Mostly it comes down to like, is this irredeemably terrible? (laughs) Like, Mm -hmm. can somebody recover from this? Is there justification in some sorts? Is there whatever because justification is the easiest one right but there's other type types right like if it's just negative because people are like he's such a threat who cares i guess also if you're the underdog 
you can probably get more you can get other people be mad at you that's fine mm-hmm. but yeah i think that's just an i think uh a good nod there is that at least they were willing at least this wasn't a coronation it was but it could have been worse mm-hmm. it's like but, a coronation with a background check <laughs> yeah it's like we like it's like he lied on his resume and like like really hyped it up but also included like i can't swim or whatever you know what I mean? like, so, like <laughs> it's like he included some self-deprecation there yeah so that's good so obviously i think we we are under the impression that rick wins but let's get here through our other two people who deserve to be talked about too victoria yeah. my queen she's playing she's playing the game when the queen knows that she's gonna get uh unnecessarily utr edit so she <laughs> begs for screen time i think that's like the most tongue-in-cheek this show has ever been like mm-hmm. acknowledging that they're victoria is quiet in some way and i guess we don't know quite what that means but she's not like the forefront of our characters is that purposeful to make her less make her less of a ooh, like a heartbreak when she doesn't win um, is she just not as relevant? Is she going to go out in some tragic way? We have yet to find out. I think it's the first idea. I, I think also think so. Victoria is getting hidden because she is playing really well and she's not going to get the votes that represent that. Good. Point. And I know I just gushed about how charismatic Rick Devins is, but I do think that Victoria rivals that. Victoria is outrageously likable. Victoria is outrageously charismatic. Like, again, basically everybody I know who watches this show go on like a a mountainous climb kind of thing of like, they love Rick Devins and they'll describe Rick Devins as their favorite. My mom, my grandma, my aunts, my friends, etc. They all kind of, they love Rick Devins, they love David, whatever. Whenever Victoria shows up, they're like, oh yeah, and like, they'll never mention Victoria when she's quiet. But then, like, an episode happens where she does anything. She gets a confessional, whatever. Like, oh, yeah, wait, and I really, really loved her. Like, what happened to her? That's a common thing I hear. You see it on the Facebook page. You see it everywhere. Yeah. She does burn bright. People do like her. I think that's what we're seeing is they know that. Mm-hmm. Like, she, I think she is the best character on this thing, and they were scared to show her. I think that's embarrassing. I don't know. It's... It's an interesting version of the Michelle versus Aubrey. Yeah, when Rick Devins is Michelle and Aubrey's yeah, like... It's just, they're not... <laughs> Michelle and Aubrey are, aren't the same person, but they're a lot more similar than Rick and Victoria are. And it's just weird to have Victoria be this big character that gets robbed, I think. Yeah, I think the weirdest part is pre-merge, she was on par with Aubrey in content. You know what I mean? Like, she got, Mm. she had a story. She had content. She had, like, she got insight and everything. She got to pull off big moves. She got to take credit for them. And then the merch happened, and it was just like they were terrified of giving her anything. Yeah. I just can easily see the re-edited version of this show where they actually show Victoria's captivating. And then we have our heart broke as she can't quite get Rick out. I think that's a better story than what they're telling us right now. Very disappointed. And CBS for not actually pulling the trigger there. I do think that's what's going to happen. Maybe I'm wrong, but I just, I really don't think I am here. I think she is a losing fight. Probably third place, but gets votes. I think second place. I think she beats Julie. Oh, yeah. No, maybe second place. Yeah, definitely second place. Definitely second place. Yeah. And that just makes me so sad because I think she's a star. I'm scared that this means they won't ask her back when she absolutely should play again. 
easily number one from this season. Like, no question. I think number one player. I think I like other people more, honestly, but... that That's the thing. They've tricked you, Joe. They've tricked you. They got me. You should but love I, Victoria. I can only go by the edit. I know. Don't hate me or the player. Hate the game. I literally am the same way, though. Like, Victoria is my favorite when I think about it. But then, like, when I think about her. But then I forget about her. Because they don't show her. And that's heartbreaking. Like, it really is heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is what it is. I think she I, could come back, maybe. I hope so. Like, for, like, a second chances or something. Like, that would be very nice. Yeah. That's probably good for Victoria, though. She's very funny on Twitter. You should follow her. I, I'm always hesitant to follow. I don't like following too many people on Twitter because then it just gets swamped with like actual tweets I don't really care about. Yeah, if they like like something or whatever, I get that. Yeah, like I well, no, I it's you have to find the people who like good tweets too. Yeah, um, this is a weird. This is a weird. But yeah, I also like Twitter. And, yeah, speaking of Twitter, Aurora McCreary has a Scrabble like board on her wall that hates word puzzles. Yeah. What you doing, Aurora McCreary? She's so weird. <laughs> the cat has been... She lost all her lives. Yep. Um, but she did it glamorously. Love her tribal council outfit. Yeah, she looked way too, like, fancy to be at a tribal council. And she always, like... She always tries hard. She always, like, has a headband or fun stuff. I don't know. I really warmed up to Aurora, this merge. Mm-hmm. What a great character. Like a foil to Rick, constantly. Mm-hmm. I wish we would have seen her him. be snotty earlier. Because, like, we mm-hmm. really did end up seeing the Aurora we saw preseason. Yeah. But it was, like, in these last two episodes instead of... Why wasn't she just a consistent character? I don't get it. Yeah. Aurora the villain would have just been amazing. And so we got, mm-hmm. like, Aurora is not someone you should be rooting for, but also not a villain. Mm-hmm. I feel... Her edit is really interesting in this season, because if you look at the Edgic bars right now, you have a bunch of people who are on Edge of Extinction, so they're all UTRs in the end, and then hers starts out really UTR and flips to actual rating, so very mm-hmm. curious. I don't know. Do we have anything else to say about Aurora? No. I mean, her arc didn't really work, but it is what it is. Um... So that brings us here to our bets. Obviously, we're both we both think Rick Devins is gonna win, but I think what we should do is let's predict the order, the boot order here. I think that would be fun. Uh, I think we both think Rick Devins wins, and well, let's do jury votes too. We'll see who's most accurate. Okay, I always ready. forget this by the time we record next. So. I'll write it down right now. Oh, uh, okay, so right up, I'm gonna go with Gavin at, here. Dan's bet. I'm gonna go with Gavin at sixth place. Uh, sixth place. Gavin, I'm saying a 3-3 vote turns into a 4-2 vote. Next, I'm going to say Edge of Extinction Returnee. And that person is... Uh, Edge Don't of Extinction hedge your bets. ...is David, who leaves at 5th place okay. by Rick's hand. What's the vote count? 3-2. Oh, no, I'm going to say Idol played. Rick plays the Idol and votes David. Okay. And maybe Lauren idols too, or something. Like maybe it's like I'm gonna go with two, two, one. And David leave like two votes on Lauren, two votes on uh, Rick, and Rick votes David. Okay, that's what I'm gonna say. Okay, <laughs> this is totally not gonna happen. 
<laughs> I want this to be the best finale of all time, apparently. No, it'll definitely happen. And then I'm going to call it being... Wait, I, so wait, I have... I'm going to say have... Vic, Julie versus Lauren. Fire making. And Julie's going to win. Which leaves us with Rick... Uh, Rick... Victoria, Rick, what are you doing here? Rick, Victoria, and Julie, and I'm gonna say the vote is eight to three, eight, seven to three to one. That's not the right numbers, isn't it? Fuck. No, you need thirteen. So wait, eight, nine to three to one? No, yeah, yeah, that's nine good. To three to one. No, eight to four to one. Okay. Eight votes for Rick, four votes for Victoria, one vote for julie your turn okay um so sixth place is uh chris okay um he just goes out Ooh, let's say <laughs> let's say four two okay um it's uh the alliance of three plus julie and rick and chris vote i don't know i don't need to predict that for you that's fine that's fine <laughs> um fifth place is gavin okay um don't know Just how that... four one or something? I don't think so. Hmm. Are you also calling for the two to two one? <laughs> okay, so because I kind of think no idols get played at six, and then there's two forced at five. Okay, yeah. So Lauren's playing her idol, but Chris knew about it because Kelly has a big old mouth and told <gasps> everyone. Ooh, fuck. Um. Yeah. Let's say it's a four one, but the four votes on Rick are canceled. Does that make sense? And then fourth place. Um, okay, fourth place. So it's fire making. I know. Who is it? Okay, Lauren's losing. We'll work backwards. <gasps> yeah, I I thought it was way easier to think of who's beating her. Um, I think Rick beats her. What Victoria am I obviously? Julie. Yeah. What am I thinking? Obviously, Julie's winning this and taking Victoria. Dang no, it! Vic- Victoria's listening, winning it and taking Julie. Oh, I lost that bet. Whatever. Well, obviously, Rick is winning fire making. Dang it! What's the what's the vote count? Joe? Oh, um, I'm gonna go ten to one. Wow. And it's the same order as you, Rick, Victoria, yeah. Julie. Cool. But higher margin, and everyone gets to speak at the reunion. Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha. I say, <laughs> I say that the reunion is under eight minutes. It's one segment. They read the votes. They show the Rick winner montage, and they ask Kelly a question, and that's it. Game over. Well, yeah, Rick has to get back and host the evening news. Yeah, exactly. I think that's what we're gonna see. Um, yep. No one speaks basically at the reunion, and then I, I bet Boston Rob speaks more than anybody else. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. That's our show. You can contact us at thewinneredit at gmail.com. New episodes are going to be on Saturdays this week. Shared on our Survivor, our Edgic. We'll probably try to think of something to do in the offseason. It'll be a while. Uh, I don't know. We'll find something to talk about. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's a lot of waves being made in the Survivor community these days, if you pay attention. Um, you can review us on iTunes. We'll put some cool stuff in the show notes. Follow me on Twitter, at DannyKillsBees. My name is Dan Kilby. I have Joe with me. Yep, I'm Joe Chapman. Uh, that's it. We're gonna come back, and finally, sixteen edgic bars will be complete to add to Keith and Wendy, and 
this season will be over. So sad. I can't believe every person gets an entire fucking bar. <laughs> I guess that would be worse if it was just one, eh? I don't know. And that's our show. Peace out. Yep. Bye.